Hello and welcome back to Annie Pop, the podcast where I talk about Japanese pop culture and things that I love about it. I'm your host Davi. Currently, I'm traveling in Latvia and I'm very excited to see the cool anime sculpture gallery here in Riga. We'll let you know how that goes. This time, it'll be just me rambling about a theme I've been craving to talk about for quite some time now. I want to touch upon the feminine subject in anime. That's right, I will be looking into some girls from the popular show that aired back in autumn of 2020, Jujutsu Kaisen. The very reason why I don't touch upon the full cast is, well, because I'm positive that there are more than enough of talks about Gojo or Sukuna or Itadori as well being a fairly popular character in nowadays anime conversations. Jujutsu Kaisen manga, written by Gege Akutami, which is their pen name, skyrocketed and after the release of the anime series by MAPPA, it got so much recognition almost a year later it is still widely talked about and praised by many fans. For those who don't know the show, it is the whole humans fight curses that are similar to demons type of premise. The main character, Itadori Yuji, eats a cursed object, which is one of the strongest curses finger, and has the cursed dude Sukuna inside of him. Wait, that sounded better in my head. Yeah, like he can still maintain himself with Curse Daddy telling him to do naughty work and collect all the fingers for him. But yet, there's this whole organization and exorcists who are just like Yuji hunting down and fighting these curses. Got it? Alright. Now, here's where I want to touch upon introducing those exorcists. Let's start off with the first young woman we see. It is best girl Nobara Kugisaki. This honka wonka bonka lady, when first introduced, I thought she was gonna stay for an episode or two since she gave me those deserving of a whole series of her own type of energy. I'm so glad they decided to write her as one of the leading characters. Strong, beautiful, and fierce, she's not taking any shit from man or curse alike and just does what she came here to do, kick some ass, and then treat herself accordingly to some yummy food or stylish clothes. When I say that she doesn't take shit from anyone, I do mean it. She oozes out, don't mess with me type of spirit, and none of my words that come to mind can properly portray her individuality. I would love to see the spin-off miniseries with her just doing what she does. Now let's talk about how she is a heroine in a shonen anime. Shonen anime like Naruto, Boku no Hero Academia, or <laughs> fairy tale, I guess. Ah uh, yeah, they usually focus on women regardless how strong they are, just as like a love interest. Better yet, it's not just like a love interest, but they're the ones who are interested in, let's say, the main character. Because of course they are. They're girls. That's what they do. Quite a few shows base their female cast personalities around a male center. They build those characters and give them strong traits just because there's this guy they like and they want to impress or protect or whatever, you name it. And I do mean, unfortunately, characters like Sakura Haruno from Naruto, which is very controversial and I do believe that she's a strong character, but a lot of points she has been written in what I feel is an inadequate light. In comparison to seeing Nobara to Sakura, they're both stubborn women with strong attitudes and a lot of power, yet one is written to be boy crazy and the other one is a pure individual, all of her own. I feel like Gege understands how to write a strong cast regardless of gender and gives all those stereotypical traits to the characters, they make sense and land quite well with the bonds and the story. This is another factor I believe is incredibly strong in Jujutsu Kaisen. The main trio are literally friends. Yep, 
Their bond is so warm and cozy, it doesn't really, at the moment in the anime, create any unnecessary drama, nor does it set the mood in something passive or negative. I love how Nomura came with her own ideals and goals, and she will not stop anytime soon to get where she wants to be. She's not super cold either, she's actually letting new people in and makes bonds and in general is a kind person to others, but especially at the season finale she can still prove herself that she's a force to be reckoned with no matter the circumstance. The line where she said, I love myself when I'm all dressed up and I love myself when I'm strong, I'm Kugisaki Nobara. My timbers have been shivered, my jaw has been dropped, and my gasps have escaped my body long ago. I look upon this fine young woman, and all I do is sit there looking at the screen in awe. I fell in love with her. She really embraces herself as she is feminine and strong and is open about herself. This does remind me of last episode's talk about Kohaku from Dr. Stone, how she is strong and individual. Speaking of that, the relation and bond between the main trio in Dr. Stone and Jujutsu Kaisen is based on friendship and trust. It shows that there is growth in modern shonen series as the main female lead can have personality of their own, not based on a love interest, rejecting the whole damsel in distress role and still be super popular. If anything, I see Nobara being the one who helps those damsels in a badass way. She did find someone she can look up to and relate in the show and that is Maki Zenin. When I say I love a woman, I mean I love a woman. Not to be creepy, but I saw some spoilers of Maki in the manga and all I can say is please step on me. Season 1 really went out on her animation, just like on Nobara in the finale. She is considered as an underdog with a strict and intimidating personality and since childhood she really wanted to make things her own way, even with her not being a successor to the whole big family clan thing, since she can't see curses. She had her goals set out to become stronger and in the show it's portrayed that she really cares about those around her and wants them to become strong as well. Although she doesn't have her own cursed energy, she's incredibly skilled when it comes to using cursed weapons. I love 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 the fact that the show introduces such an intriguing character as Maki. She has a low start just by being born a female and on top of that she struggles with power imbalance, but the show makes her one of the strongest characters introduced in season 1. I love this concept and I love how she has a twin sister who does have the power, but not the drive nor talent to be as skilled as Maki. Now let's talk quickly about the twin sister, Mai Zenin. Maya feel is the opposite of Maki. She is set out as a rival for her sister and her character is written to be as this mean prep girl with a god complex. She even tells one of her colleagues that her twin is not a big deal and will not be much of a competition at a tournament that includes fighting and hunting down curses. She even puts emphasis on her twin not having the cursed energy and proper strength to do her job. As the leader stripped down her mask of a god personality, the story reveals that Mai is insecure and feels left out by her sister. All the talk about how Mai is a stronger sister is shown as a facade and empty intimidation. Yet her motives are explained as she's fighting her own worries and abandonment issues. The whole attitude she has going is explained as pain that accumulated from her childhood. After seeing why she is the way she is, you can come to understand how deep and complex this character really is and how strong she must be to carry out the burden of the clan, trying to be as good as her sister who's basically 
basically an outcast and yet not really doing it by her own will. She doesn't really want any of this. But expectations and responsibilities are too high and important to be ignored. She does the best she can, even if lacking motivation, and sets out these goals to be rival to her sister. Something she knows deep down she can't really fulfill, but still puts on a facade and acts the way, or at least in a similar way, the clan wants her to act. Not much of a choice there, and the character really has my sympathy. And yet, although here we see someone struggling with catching up to a stronger sister, she is still no damsel in distress. She is weaker and less interested in fighting, but I do not pity her as an exorcist, I pity her only for her mental issues and burdens. As a fighter, she is still incredibly strong. Even with little cursed energy, she tops her class and proves herself to be incredibly strong and someone who is pulling her own weight. Although she bases a lot of her personality around her twin sister, she has traits that are unique solely to her that makes her interesting and intriguing. I'm sure there are plenty of people out there who can also relate to her. She is strong. Does she want to be? I don't think so. But she's pushed into it and pressured. Seeing her twin be strong pushes her to catch up and I think that as a sole motivator for her as seen in season 1. It does show potential in her and I hope she can find herself all on her own. But childhood trauma is not as easy to deal with as it can haunt you for the rest of your life. Touching upon the self-called useless Miba Kasumi, we see a character maybe not as strong in physical sense as the other before mentioned women, but a very loved character by many fans. Again, the whole female cast is strong, they're literally fighting non-human beings that are perceived as evil, a bit reminding me of Uraraka Ochoko from Boku no Hero Academia, Miba's goal is also to earn money and help out her family financially. Her upbeat personality also reminds me of Ochako and supporting roles she does for her friends shouldn't be overlooked. But the difference is that although she is considered as a waifu, she has her own strengths and responsibilities that she carries out. She assisted the head of the school in meetings, being a bodyguard, and is not afraid of calling out people that are superior to her on their BS as well. She does it in a polite way, yet strictly and correct way as well, not letting her emotions interfere with her duties. She also acknowledges Maki as an incredibly strong opponent, regardless of what might said to her before calling Maki a weakling. She's decisive and her combat skills are praiseworthy. Her team relied on her although she failed and called herself useless, that just doesn't seem to be the case. So although she is a fangirl of Gojo, we see a splendid female character who despite idolizing him is still just and truthful. I'm really looking forward to seeing her more in the upcoming seasons. Mentioning superior cast, we also have Ieri Shoko, who is also loved by the fans. She's a doctor who can reverse curse energy and basically use that for treating those who are injured in the fights. Very interesting character as she uses out this mad scientist wife but is incredibly valuable part to the organization. Then there's also Iori Utahime who's a shaman and a teacher at Kyoto Magic Technical College. She is on par or what seems to be on par with Gojo. Obviously he teases her and she always refers to herself as senpai to him since she's 
been in the business longer and has superiority. I bet we'll see much more of her as she is an extremely powerful character that still hasn't been fully revealed as to what she is capable of. But I have my fingers crossed for Tsunade vibes. Speaking of Tsunade vibes, this mysterious woman who trained the hot-headed Todo Aoi, who we got to see in the flashback, she seems to be this very powerful woman as well. Just her stance and her voice actress portrayed that she's a badass and if Toto learned his fighting technique from her, then she's definitely one of the strong cast members that I cannot wait to see. Her name is Yuki Tsukumo and she gives me these strong protagonist vibes but is probably running her own show somewhere else. Akari Nita, the auxiliary manager, is also a fair choice for a non-combatant yet knows what she's doing and is a kick-ass type of a woman. We don't need to see a lot of her to know that she is standing her ground and fulfilling her duties the way she sees is just. I like her. I truly really like her. Then there's Mei Mei who is introduced as a first-class shaman and is money-hungry, so she'll do what is needed to secure the bag. Someone who knows what she wants and isn't afraid of voicing or acting upon it. And of course, one of the students, Momo Nishiyama, who seems to be reserved at first, but we can clearly see that during the team battle of catching curses, she is key in scouting out the enemies and sticks by her words, doing the best that she can. What is interesting about her is that she voices out that women are treated unequally or unfair, even in the sorcery world, and they are disregarded no matter how strong they are. With this, I just wanted to point out that Jujutsu Kaisen truly has a strong cast. In these 24 episodes, we got so many representatives of both genders and all of them have their own individual characteristics. They do grow together as teams and bonds are formed. Yet, what I like is that although it is very typical shonen series, they don't overlook the women as love interests or some reason for the main guy to become strong and protect them. They're not a stepping stone to the main character's development and personality, they have their own struggles and growth. I like seeing that in recent shows and it only proves that strong women are to be appreciated and not feared. Shows with beautiful and strong women can still get incredibly popular even if they're not all crazy over the main lead in an almost harem style story. I mean it's just cool that women get portrayed individually as characters and not as plot pillars. This was something just lingering on my mind and it is now out there, recorded. And hopefully after listening to this, it's on your mind as well. I'm currently on episode 500 on One Piece and I already have a mighty need to talk about the female cast there as well. I love them so much and once I catch up to currently airing Vana Kuni, I will give you all of my thoughts on it as well. I feel like it is just something very interesting to look into. As for now, thank you for listening to my rambles. I'm so happy that there are people who sincerely enjoy the little passion projects of mine. It has been such a long coming dream to do a little podcast and talk about the things that I love. So from the bottom of my heart, thanks for listening and I will most definitely see you next time. As for now, see ya!